Hello and welcome to the 5 at 5 Rock and Metal Podcast. I am your host, Eric, and this is episode 29, The Best Albums from 2003. All right, that was Ninja Ability with their song, The Cage. And what got me thinking about doing this uh, episode on the on the best albums from 2003, uh, and of course all these um, bands and albums are, are celebrating their 20-year anniversaries, it, it really it was all because of Linkin Park and what they're doing with their 20th anniversary of the Meteora album and what they're doing with this huge box set. They're releasing it uh, next month in April, and they released a song called "Lost," and it's doing really well, and um, you know, with Chester Bennington on it. So, um, so really, when they did that for their 20th anniversary, and then I saw some other big bands, um, or even not so big bands, doing different things for their 20th anniversaries. I'll get into all of them. I started looking up really who who put out great new albums in 2003. And I could not believe both the quantity and the quality of what came out that year. And typically, like people who know me, I'm a person who likes to uh, listen to a lot of new music. And and, um, when an album comes out by a band that I like, you know, I go out and I buy it. I like to support the artists in that way. So um, typically each year nowadays, I'm, I'm buying somewhere like five to eight maybe new albums a year from the bands that I like. But back then I came up with 25 albums from 25 different bands that came out that are relevant enough to talk about here. I'm going to touch on all 25. I'm going to rank my favorite 10 and this ranking is going to be nowhere near uh, anybody else's. Obviously it's so hard and I've got, I've got really big bands and I've got really small bands in there. Uh, but just just to mention a few of the bands that are not ranked in my top 10, first of all, Metallica came out with an album in 2003 called St. Anger. Um, certainly not one of their best and not one of my favorite of the year. Um, other big bands like, um, geez, like Stained, for instance, they came out with an album called 14 Shades of Grey. Again, not one of their best. Korn came out with an album uh, called Take a Look in the Mirror. Um, not going to be in my top 10. Marilyn Manson had a, had a good album come out called The Golden Age of Grotesque uh, that year, which was good, had a lot of good songs on it. But uh, but again, for me, not one of my f- favorite 10. Finger 11 uh, back then was very popular. Their self-titled album came out. Um, some smaller bands, Seven Dust, had the album Seasons come out that year. Devil Driver uh, had their debut album come out. Um, that, of course, for Devil Driver fans, you know, Des Ferreira, he's a lead singer of Cold Chamber, leaves then, create the, creates Devil Driver, and that album came out that year as well, but um, not quite enough, good enough to make my top 10. Um, let me see who else. Dope, the band Dope, came out with their group therapy album. Um, Vast, I'm a huge Vast fan. They came out with the album Nude, which was very good. One day I'll do a Vast episode, and of course I'm going to include that album. It's a very good Vast album, but not good enough to get in my top 10. Um, Trivium, I'm a huge Trivium fan. Their debut album came out that year, Ember to Inferno, and, um, you know, not their best album for sure, and wasn't going to be part of my top 10. Then some smaller bands, Nothing Face, I used to love them. Their album Skeletons came out. The, The band 40 Below Summer came out with their album The Morning After. That was an excellent album, and that one really almost made my top 10. Another one that really, really almost made my top 10 was Boy Sets Fire. I love the band Boy Sets Fire. Back then, they were 
I mean, they were never a huge band, but they were pretty relevant back then. Uh, and they had an album come out that was called uh, Tomorrow Come Today. So, um, Boy Sets Fire, another good one. The band Thursday, who I just did an, um, an episode on, their album War All the Time. And then um, another band I really had a tough time leaving this one out of my top 10 was the band Moto Grader. Uh, their self-titled um, album came out that year. And for anybody who doesn't know Moto Grader, um, Ivan Moody from Five Finger Death Punch was the lead singer of Moto Grader way back then before he joined and, you know, helped make Five Finger Death Punch into what they are today. So that was another really, really tough um, album to leave out of my top 10, but um, got a lot of great albums to get to. Um, and here we go. Let's jump right into it. Number 10. So in number 10 for me, um, it was a tough one. This this album went back and forth with a couple of the ones that I just barely couldn't get in the top 10 albums like the Moto Grader album and 40 Below Summer and Nothing Face. But it's so hard when you're... Um, when you're comparing one band's single album to a different band's single album. So for number 10, I, um, I ended up with Static X and their third album called Shadow Zone. Um, of course, came out this year that we're talking about, 2003, 20 year anniversary. Of course, like, like all these bands have it. But um, this album, you know, I've, I've done a, an episode already on Static X, but, um, you know, you open up with the, with the song Destroy All and then it's really a back-heavy album. I feel like the second half of the album is very, very good. Uh, the song Monster, I think, is so perfect as, as when you're trying to define Static X. You know, listen to that song, and that's a perfect Static X song. And then towards the, you know, the end of the album, songs like Kill Your Idols and All in Wait and uh, Invincible at the end. So um, Static X with a great album called Shadow Zone that year. And uh, like I said, really tough between that one and a couple of the ones I left off and, and even what I put at number nine, but um, Static X well-deserving of the number 10 spot. Number nine. So number nine, this album for me, right on the brink of not making it at all and battling with Static X for the number 10 spot, but I have a perfect circle with their second album, The 13th Step. Um, now this was such an interesting and weird album. Um, you know, at first, songs like The Package, Weak and Powerless, The Noose, um, you know, just, it was just kind of all over the place. And it wasn't as nearly as good as their very first album, uh, but it was very good. The Outsider and The Nurse Who Loved Me and Pet, um, but such a, such a cool, different album. And, you know, that's basically what you would expect from, uh, you know, Maynard anyway, what he would kind of come up with the rest with the rest of those guys it's uh it's really cool interesting stuff and perfect circle such a cool band and, and they've they've really created some great music over the years and it's hard to believe this album's already 20 years old but um but again right there at number 10 10 9 ish for me was uh was a perfect circle with 13th step number eight so for number eight i went with the self-titled album by the deftones um now this one this one was great, and I, I had this one a, a little higher, and then I kept flipping around in the, in the order. It was extremely difficult. The opening track, of course, is Hexagram, which I don't really like, but after that, it just gets ridiculous. Needles and Pins, big radio hit with Minerva, um, songs like when, when Girls Telephone Boys, amazing song. Bloody Cape was a ridiculous song. Um, Battle Axe, Death Blow, like so many great, huge Deftone songs that I love even today when they play them live, and I... Um, yeah, I, I just love this album so much, and I can't believe um, it's all the way back here at number eight. But um, 
but the rest of the list is is, uh, is pretty ridiculous and, and a lot of smaller bands coming up and, and um, even a lot smaller than the Deftones but um, you know that's what you got to do got to rank them and it's a tough job so Deftones coming in at number eight with their self-titled number seven now this is one of the smaller bands that I have uh, in my entire 25 albums that I found that came out in 2003 and hopefully people remember this band and the band is from autumn to ashes um, and this album man um, when I first heard the song the after dinner payback um, I was instantly hooked um, so way back then we used to go to a, a local record store up in New England called Newbury Comics. I've mentioned it many times on previous episodes. And they used to give you these sampler CDs when you would check out at the register that, you know, they were free. And I remember this song, the after dinner payback being on a sampler CD, just a Newbury Comics sampler from all these smaller bands. And I fell in love with it and immediately went and bought it. And um, like I said, the, the band is from autumn to ashes. The album is the fiction we live and that's the way the album opens with the after dinner payback and then songs like no trivia and uh, the second wrong makes you feel right and autumn's monologue comes on with the with the singer melanie willis and she had her own band at the time called one true thing and she had a you know an, an individual song on here um and i i'm the best at ruining my life and all these amazing songs and uh, once i found out that this thing had also come out 2003 i knew it was going to be in my top 10 didn't really know where it was going to go but um this song just listening to this album over the past few weeks getting ready for this episode lots of nostalgia comes back with this episode and uh with this album and um you know that's one of the first bands and first albums that really got me into the scene with two different singers like a you know like a screamer and a singer and kind of like the way atreyu did it way back then in the early 2000s for me to get me into this kind of music it was really atreyu and from autumn to ashes and um i love this album so much so if, if you know hopefully anybody out there uh listening to this hopefully at least a few people remember from autumn to ashes and they can appreciate how good this album was it's called the fiction we live and uh deserved to be higher but there was just so much great music that came out this year but um glad I was able to get him in there um, and still today I, I just really love From Autumn to Ashes. Number six. So for number six um, we're going in a very different direction. Um, for number six I went with Evanescence and their debut album Fallen. Now I'm saying we're going in a different direction because it's um, it's a little different than the rest of the music that I've that I've put in here. Um, it's the only female fronted band that I have in here in this whole episode that I've talked about um, and surprisingly it's the best selling album out of any of these 25 and I'm talking about they outsold Metallica on, on their album they outsold Linkin Park and I already talked about Meteora but this album Fallen in the United States went diamond and that means you know for people outside of the country you know when you have a diamond album that means it sold over 10 million copies and it even outsold Lincoln Park, which is stunning, but even more stunning about this Evanescence album, and as I was looking into it more and more, there's only 18 female artists ever in the history of music who have a Diamond album to their name, and one of them, one of those 18 females, is Amy Lee, with this album, Fallen, by Evanescence, and I'm talking about the other people in on this list of female-fronted artists or bands who has a diamond album we're talking about people like mariah carey and madonna and whitney houston and 
you know, country singers like Shania Twain and stuff. Um, Britney Spears is in there, but nobody's like Evanescence. There's actually only three rock albums in the history of music that I would consider rock anyway, with a female-fronted singer where their album has gone diamond. And the other two is Alanis Morissette with the Jagged Little Pill album and, um, and Gwen Stefani with when she was with No Doubt and, um, and that Tragic Kingdom album. So that's it. Alanis Morissette, Gwen Stefani, and Amy Lee. And that is, um, that's an incredible statistic that I found that she is in this category of songwriters and album sales, people like, um, you know, Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston and Britney Spears and Taylor Swift and like those people with those types of album sales and Amy Lee is there. So, uh, this album was, was terrific of course. And, um, you know, most people already know it. I don't need to go over the track listing or the songs, you know, going under and my immortal and hello and whisper and all these great tracks and, uh, you know, and, um, they're still around and they're still touring and they're still making great music. But this album was, um, absolutely ridiculous. And then when I saw, like I just said that they outsold every other artist on this list, including huge bands like Metallica and Korn and Linkin Park, um, you know, it was just stunning. And I absolutely had to have Evanescence on the list. Number five. All right, here we go. Top five. Um, and for number five, I went with the band Godsmack and their third album, Faceless. And this was a massive album for them. It was their first ever number one album on the Billboard charts. Um, it, it went platinum. Um, Straight Out of Line was the opening track on this album. And this, this album was so just heavy and just riff driven just like what godsmack does but it's also really it's godsmack's most complete album front to back godsmack has a lot of albums where there's a few tracks on there at least one or two that i typically don't end up liking but this album doesn't have that you know straight out of line faceless changes i stand alone was a huge hit for them and realign and i am and serenity at the end was a very big hit for them so i'm sure a lot of godsmack fans out there listening to this and everybody's order going to be different but i'm sure a lot of people because this band's so big and so mainstream um would have godsmack higher because i'm going to have some smaller bands coming up but um yeah this was an excellent album certainly one of godsmack's best albums and it's hard to believe this one came out that long ago along with some of the other ones i've just mentioned like a perfect circle and the deftones and marilyn manson and you know everybody static x and it's uh it's crazy the amount of great stuff we had come out that year but um godsmack with faceless absolutely in there at the top uh number five and anybody who got to see them on this tour man oh my god they, they just went from i mean during, during the first two albums they were touring and they were putting on good shows but once this thing came out and this band really just exploded even more their live performance just just uh, went to a different level as well and anybody who's seen godsmack lives know you know you know what i'm talking about because they're one of the best live bands out there so uh, number five faceless by godsmack Number four. So for number four, um, here's another smaller band that maybe a lot of people don't know or they're not familiar with. And um, it's a testament to them that they were able to beat out so many of these huge internationally well-known bands. Um, and this band is Funeral for a Friend uh, with their album Casually Dressed and Deep in Conversation. And this this uh, band is from the United Kingdom. And this album is my favorite of theirs. And I did a um, Funeral for a Friend episode um, a while back with my friend Sarah and um, it's you know it's her favorite band and it's um, certainly up there for me and 
you know, I, I got to see them live once and uh, it was before I ever knew them. They were um, touring with actually with the Deftones and Atreyu and I got to see this band and they really impressed me and this was way back probably in the early to mid 2000s and um, if you're not familiar with Funeral for a Friend, uh, you know, it's, it's not... Um, it's not as heavy as some of this other stuff that I've mentioned, like Deftones and Godsmack and Static X and stuff like that. But uh, it's some of my favorite stuff and songs like Rookie of the Year and um, Bullet Theory and Escape Artists Never Die and Moments Forever Faded and Red is the New Black is just an awesome song. And uh, this was a great album. And um, when I saw that this thing had also come out in 2003, I knew it was going to be, I thought it was going to be in my top three, but uh, just barely, barely couldn't get there. Um, but um, yeah, absolutely for me, Funeral for a Friend. And if you're listening to this and actually are a fan of Funeral for a Friend, um, you know, good for you because they're a great band and they're not too uh, well known, I don't really think, here in the United States anyway. Um, but they are terrific and they just recently um, announced that they're doing a tour where they're performing this entire album live for its 20 year anniversary. Unfortunately for us here in the United States, the, uh, the tour is only happening in the United Kingdom, but you know, good for them. Hopefully one day they come back to the States and we can see them uh, live again. Uh, that would be fantastic. Number three. Number three and two, I would just love to do a tie because I have no idea. It's been flipping back and forth for me um, for at least the past week or so. Um, I have no idea if I'm going to get it right. Um, but for number three, just in my gut, I went with Linkin Park uh, and their album Meteora. Um, and I know for a lot of people that's probably their favorite album of 2003, I, I assume, because this one, I think it went eight times platinum here in the United States. It just barely, uh, just barely came in second in sales wise for rock albums to Evanescence. Um, but you know, I love the way the album opens, um, with the song don't stay. Um, obviously there was huge, massive hits like somewhere I belong. Numb was of course, massive faint, uh, breaking the habit from the inside. Nobody's listening. I mean, you listen to this album and it's like every single track could have been a radio hit, but I feel like Linkin Park's first two albums could be that way. Um, Hybrid Theory and this one, Meteora. And what they're about to do here with their new release coming out in April with the song Lost and some, some uh, vocals that we hadn't heard before from Chester and, and this huge um, box set collection they're doing with multiple CDs and um, all this merchandise that they've got. It's, it's going to be really, really cool what they're doing. And um, most people are going to, you know, not most people, but many, many people, I think, listening to this and that were fans of this type of music back in the early 2000s and probably around my age would put this at number one. Um, and I understand because it's that great. And uh, the, the next two bands I've got coming up are nowhere near as big as Linkin Park. But um, but this was a great album and deservingly of, you know, all the accolades it got back then and everything that's happening now for the band. So, you know, good for them and good for Meteora. And it's a great album. Number two. So for number two, this band and this album, I didn't really expect it to get as high on my list as it got. But when I was listening to everything, um, I just realized, you know what, this album is highly underrated and the band was underrated. Uh, and the band is Il Nino uh, with their album Confession. And this, this album has such huge chorus-driven songs like How Can I Live and Unframed and This Time's For Real and Have You Ever Felt When It Cuts. 
uh, Tiamo, I Hate You, the way the album opens. Like, it's heavy, it's raw, it's got giant, massive choruses, like I said. And I don't even think this is El Nino's best album. You know, I've done an El Nino episode before, and this wasn't even, to me, their best. And yet, here in 2003, celebrating its 20-year anniversary, it's all the way for me up at number two on my favorite of all 25 of these albums that I realized came out. And man, this band was so good. Christian Machado is such a great singer in every aspect, and he's got a new band called Lions at the Gate, and I'm I'm trying to promote that band because I think it's really good. And that album's coming out later this year. But but that aside, this El Nino album with this El Nino lineup was great. Maybe some. If you're listening to this and you're more of just like a mainstream rock fan, then sure, maybe maybe albums, you know, like Linkin Park and Evanescence and um, Godsmack and, you know, Metallica, maybe Korn and Stained, maybe they're way up on your list. Um, but, you know, if you're like me as a fan of all these bands, you're going to probably realize that Il Nino deserves to be on this list and way high on this list. Um, and they just barely, it really could have flipped for me with Linkin Park's Meteora, um, you know, two or three, but for me, um, Il Nino's confession album is a well worth, uh, number two. Number one. Now, now for all you rock fans out there, and you know, I've already mentioned 24 albums, um, out of the 25. And you're probably thinking like, if you don't already know, like, what in the world also came out in 2003 that this guy's going to put as number one. And also for anybody who knows me that I am doing this list with complete bias. I am not trying to, to say like what was everyone else's favorite. It's just my personal favorite stuff. That's why my list is going to line up with no one else's. And my number one album of 2003 was Year of the Spider by Cold. And whether you're a Cold fan or not, you've got to admit this was a great album. And it probably wouldn't be number one on a lot of people's list, but this is a fantastic album. Opens with the song Remedy into a, two big radio hits they had, Suffocate and Stupid Girl. But those two songs, to me, aren't even the two best songs in the album. To me, Remedy, Cure My Tragedy, Don't Belong, Whatever You Became, The Rain Song, The, the Day Seattle Died, which was a song about Lane Staley and, and Kurt Cobain, uh, Black Sunday, Kill the Music Industry, the final track, probably the heaviest Cold song that they've done. And um, again, this wasn't even my favorite Cold album, but it's uh, it's a great album, and I think it, it beats out everybody else uh, just by a little bit because I just love Cold, and I think this album is absolutely masterful. Um, so, yep, that's what I did for number one Cold with Year of the Spider, and it's just, like I said, it's just hard to believe that all 25 of these bands had albums in the same year I mean, we had so much to listen to back then, and all these bands were touring for these albums, and it was just a great time to be a fan of this type of music. And um, Cold is another band that's doing a 20th anniversary tour of Year of the Spider, so um, I'm very excited to see them later this year touring for this album. Uh, so that is it. Those are my top albums from 2003. Um, hopefully, hopefully, some of you guys, um, you know, contact me and, and tell me how off or maybe how spot on I was. I'm sure there was bands that I missed and forgot about. I'm sure there's albums out there that I either just I'm not familiar with or I didn't even know or realize that came out in 2003. So, um, of course, you can always contact me and let me know what I forgot, what I left out or, or why I was maybe right in a lot of cases. So that's it for this one. Um, next album, uh, next next episode coming out, episode 30 is going to be on another band in this genre, in this era, one that I mentioned that did not make my top 10, uh, but they're still around, they're still touring, and that band 
is finger 11. See you then.